Hello and welcome to Retention Chronicles, a podcast sponsored by Malomo, a shipment tracking platform that helps e-commerce brands turn order tracking into a profitable marketing channel. On this podcast, we welcome leading DTC brands and experts to chat about all things customer retention and e-commerce. We absolutely love highlighting all of the amazing things that our customers are doing in the post-purchase space. If you like what you hear, be sure to check out our website, gomalomo.com. Maybe you'll even be featured on this podcast someday in the near future, who's to say? To help us continue to bring new guests and information to you, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you like to listen. On this episode of Retention Chronicles, we're joined by Tim Masek, who is the founder of 1-800-D2C and has helped many brands with growth marketing. 1-800-D2C is a directory for e-commerce brands that are considering all of their tech stack possibilities. So 1-800-D2C gives them recommendations as well as provides them with a community that can help answer questions or identify trends between brands. In this episode, you'll hear about Tim's under the hood interviews, where he dives into the operations behind a brand to give a technical approach to success, as well as how to turn a one-time purchaser into a subscriber, whether having a subscription only business is right for you, how to stream, how to have a streamlined tech stack, what patterns have emerged after looking at and working with a ton of different brands, how to outshine competitors, and most interesting to me i thought is the idea of driving exclusivity through memberships gated communities dark stores etc it's a great episode and we hope you enjoy so welcome everyone today we are joined by tim at 1-800 d2c so excited to have you here today tim could you kick us off give an intro explain to our listeners what exactly you do at 1-800-D2C. Sure. Um, so first of all, <clears throat> thank you for having me. Uh, I want to tell all the listeners that you're a pleasure to uh, be to work with, to be friends with, and uh, thank you so much for having me on the, on your podcast. Um, so 1-800-D2C is uh, it's it started off as a directory to help people identify the stacks of different D2C brands. So the, the, the premise behind it is that it's really difficult to always keep on top of uh, the different, the new tools that are coming out in the world of e-commerce. And this is a way to streamline your decision-making to identify trends uh, and stacks between these great DTC brands and make decisions for yourself. So that's, that's, that's the main core proposition. And then uh, it's evolved into more of a community, um, community around the world of e-commerce where some founders share insights on how they built up their business and uh, other team members get involved in sharing their insights on the world of e-commerce as well. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I remember you telling me about kind of how you started 1-800-DC and like how it really was more of like a guide. And now it's really like you've, you've taken it and um, made it such a useful, useful tool for, of course, e-commerce brands to really like go to and get you know, the kind of like the lowdown on what the new technology is, like what brands are um, out there doing really cool things. And so I think it's really cool because they're definitely, I mean, there's uh, there's no limit on our 
access to information, right? Like we're overloaded with it. And so mm -hmm. it's really cool that you simplify it and make it digestible, like all in one place. I, um, I always love looking through like your newsletter and your website. Cause it's, it's very, um, like visually appealing. Yes. But just like, so such great information condensed down and thank you for the compliment too, in the beginning <laughs> of your intro. I very much, um, I very much appreciate it. And so I thought it would be great, like just kind of from a general standpoint of talking to all these brands, talking to all these partners, these tech companies, what have you learned about the DTC space since starting this? So I was already very plugged into the world of e-commerce before starting it. And that's kind of what gave me the idea to start it. Um, I was running growth for a lot of e-commerce brands. So that's, that was kind of my perspective. Um, and so, you know, paid media, analytics, conversion rate optimization, retention, those were things that I was quite plugged in on. Stuff that I've learned a lot about is operations. Mm. So should you do fulfillment yourself? Um, I mean, Milomo comes in the picture, you know, right then and there as well. But, you know, what do you do when you want to do sell internationally? How does that work? Uh, what's a 3PL? What's a 4PL? All of those components are were pretty new to me because I never got involved on that on that side of things. And they're so critical. You know, I, I met recently with the the team at XCJ Dumplings. Ooh, okay. Super, super cool business. They sell, they were a restaurant in Seattle. And during the pandemic, uh, they were forced to shut their doors. And instead they pivoted to, uh, to, to selling their dumplings frozen online. And they, oh. they were so, so, so successful with it. So they raised some uh, VC money and they're just, they're, they're a thriving business. And, and the reason they're a thriving business is one, because the dumplings are good, but two, because they're able to ship those frozen goods nationwide in a very streamlined environment. And so there's a couple touch points along, along the way to, to give that good experience to the consumer. And I learned a lot about the world of operations. So it's a, it's a long answer, but, but yeah, I think for me, the, the, the new stuff I've learned about is operations uh, in the world of DTC. That's a big thing. It's funny that you mention operations because our it hasn't been released yet at the time of this recording, but the episode that will be right before yours is all about 3PLs. So really? we, yeah, we spoke with Marco at Whiplash. And so I had never had to understand what a 3PL is, right? Like I, yeah. So it's, it's funny that you mentioned like that operation side, um, understanding the logistics and how e-commerce like fulfillment, shipping fulfillment and all of the um, logistics that go into that. Yeah. It is very like niche, but now that I feel like at least I have somewhat of a better understanding of what like a 3PL does and just that whole side of things like the warehouse and mm -hmm. um, you know, how that all can impact an experience. It is, it is fascinating to me, but I, I'm, I'm right there with you where, Operations was definitely, I think, the um, the aspect of e-commerce that it was the least knowledgeable area for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, with you know the, your background with e-commerce, do you find like in writing? This is going to be a little bit of a tangent, but I love it. Mm -hmm. In writing for one eight hundred, like, do you see? Are you picturing like what you what? is most important to the brands or the tech co companies like you kind of know from speaking with so many that you can then like 
tailor the writing or make it super, um, yeah, super tailored towards your audience? In terms of uh, translating, so getting insights from the people I speak with and then translate, translating them into pen and paper for the audience. It, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, so for me, the, the guiding light is always, is this going to be useful for a brand operator? I don't care about anybody else. And of course, there's lots of other entities who, uh, you know, want to play a part um, in the world of 1-800-DTC, you know, maybe investors and things like that. And I think it's great because we're all supporting the world of e-commerce. But ultimately, that's all I care about is, is this insight going to be useful to a brand operator? And then the, 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 that's the first layer. And the next layer to that is, <clears throat> I feel like I've got a, 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 I'm pretty inquisitive about what's actually happening under the hood. Mm -hmm. I care about the operations. I care about what's happening on the paid acquisition front. Tell me about your conversion rate optimization tests, et cetera. I, I do want to go deep on those things because I think uh, I've seen and I've worked with so many e-commerce businesses where it's a three, four, five person team and they're doing everything at once. And, and oftentimes they, they just have a passion for, and that's what you should start with, a passion for a product or a passion for a brand, but not necessarily the technical know-how to do all the DTC things that we take for granted and that we think about all the time. So if that that's the the lens i look at it through is can the insights when i'm speaking to somebody can i can i gather insights that are super actionable and quite detail oriented so that an e-com operator can move you know move faster move further with that information mm -hmm. yeah i definitely see it come out in those writings like i i might not say this correctly but is it the lamaru for yeah lamaru yeah. Okay, Lemaru. Um, yeah, I definitely see that like come out when you're having the under the hood um, interviews, which for our listeners, Tim will go talk to brands um, and kind of, you know, get under the hood and figure out like, what are you doing for these specific questions? Kind of the questions that you wouldn't necessarily see on like in other content, but it's still super fascinating. So I definitely, I definitely see that come out in your, um, in your like, newsletter it. and everything. Yeah. And so I think now it'd be great to dive into like how you help brands with their growth. And so like, obviously we're on retention chronicles. So um, with that lens, it would be great because I think retention touches so many different points, right? So if you could kind of walk us through how you help those brands um, that are coming to 1-800-DC, that would be great. Yeah. So, so my, again, my background is in growth and that's where I spent a lot of time helping brands. Now I do a couple of different things because I've, I, I, uh, I work with store tasker where we connect brands to Shopify developers and other e-com talents. So that's more of like a connector type of role. Um, and when hundred DTC, I focus a lot on, a lot, I'm getting more and more requests of saying like, Tim, I'm looking for a good review solution. What, what are, what are your thoughts? or I'm investigating different subscription options. What are your thoughts? So it's more around the stack, but for uh, but for the people who know me as as a growth person, it was it's a skill set that starts with analytics and tracking. So uh, you know, got really good with Google Tag Manager, Google Analytics, and then um, uh, all the Facebook Pixel uh, implementation and stuff like that that then 
once you have that sorted out, then you can focus on um, the the acquisition front. So it's good on the paid media buying side, Facebook, uh, Google AdWords, Google Shopping. And now, and I never spent too much money on TikTok, but I can now connect to people who who know how to navigate that space. Um, and then, like you said, conversion rate optimization leading into retention. So um, it's, yeah, it's, 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 you know, there's, um, on the retention front, it, I spent a lot of time looking at Klaviyo flows and f- figuring out how to upsell from a one one-time purchase to a subscription for example mm-hmm. or what happens when somebody's purchasing uh, a handful of times and then stops purchasing and then comes back how do you navigate that and that, that that's all looped into the world of um of subscription um yeah i i hope that answers your question but it just on the on the it's it on the growth front, it was always full funnel. It was everything from analytics down to retention. Yeah, no, I mean, that's awesome. Just to hear like kind of having that wide range of knowledge is so applicable, right? Like, and even you said the subscription example of how do you take like a one-time pur- purchaser and um, influence them or hope that they like your product enough to then get on the subscription model and it's very timely we we have a webinar coming up about that and so and it's with like recharge and rebuy clavio um so it's an electric as well but like it's a very um i think relevant topic right now so i'd love to hear kind of what are your thoughts on turning that like one-time purchaser purchaser into a subscription um or someone who subscribes so my my I, I, I think a good amount about this stuff, and I find it it's such a fascinating topic. My uh, my big thing is you have to treat every customer individually, um, mm. because when you're when you're looking at subscription, you're forcing a cadence onto people, yeah. uh, which you know people behave in different ways. It's we're so hard to to predict. There's very few things that that I can reliably and comfortably subscribe to. I always talk about this, but you know, Netflix, I'm going to subscribe to Amazon prime. I'm going to subscribe to, and you can do a, you, you know, Netflix is just my entertainment or Spotify is all my music. So, uh, these are things that I've done. I've listened to music my entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I watch movies, documentaries, etc. my entire life. So I'm very comfortable in subscribing to it. However, uh, you know, a new chocolate, a sweets, a sweets or a candy business, I might not be comfortable subscribing to because I'm not used to that behavior for my entire life. So, um, so I think you have to treat your customers as individuals, and uh, and the businesses who are really smart are able to use technologies to help identify trends and patterns in their customers, and uh, and make it. A seamless experience for them to uh, to to get as much out of the brand as possible. So, so if you can track certain buying behaviors, then you might send the right reminders at the right time, or uh, or the right notifications about uh, shipment uh, shipment updates, etc., at the right time. That's that's I think that's kind of state table stakes, and it's where uh, people should continue investing time and resources and figuring out what that, uh, ideal experience should look like at the individual, uh, level. And that, that all, all, you know, that should 
feed into all your insights when you're speaking to somebody on Gorgeous, for example, in, in your customer support dashboard. You should have a good sense of their, their buying patterns and help them out along the way. But then the other the other thing to all that is the, the world of subscription. And the, the one model that I find absolutely fascinating is subscription-only businesses. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's quite nice to be in that space. For the right products, uh, it does make sense to subscribe. And it does make sense to have a subscription-only business. And when you have a subscription-only business, one of the key benefits is that all of your communication as a brand are directed towards that. It's yeah. all it's all you know as a brand, and therefore all the efforts of everybody on the team will always be directed towards um, making, uh, you know, clarifying and communicating the value props of the subscription. Once you start offering the two things, one-off and subscription, you have a little bit of diverted diverted attention, uh, and when you're all in on subscription, it makes a lot of things much more crisp, a lot easier to understand. Um, and and you can really focus on the subscription experience. Um, so, yeah, big big fan of businesses who are going the subscription only route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I think it is so unique to see like subscription only businesses because I, at least similar to you, from what I'm hearing is the like comfortability factor of subscribing. I am not like personally, it's like Netflix, Spotify, and I am, I don't think I have any other subscriptions. And so Mm -hmm. it is very interesting to see. And, you know, Maloma, we work with some subscription only businesses as well. So like seeing all that communication diverted to just one, you know, business model, I do think, you know, like you said, it makes it very crisp and you, you kind of brought out those key factors without me having to ask, which I love, but I will also ask you, do you think there's any like dangers to having a subscription only model? It's okay if you don't think there are, but I I have to play devil's advocate here. (laughs) No, no. I mean, there's, there's definitely dangers. I mean, it's like you, you basically have to pick the right category for it. Mm -hmm. Like if, if it, if it's if it's a category where I don't know you you let's say you're selling some people like the idea of selling sop, socks on a subscription, which some businesses work really well. I think with that sock fancy does a good job on subscription only uh, socks. But for me, I'm just I, I have this idea in my head that like. Okay, yeah, I'm 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 low on socks. I'm gonna subscribe to Sock Fancy, and then I'm gonna get uh, one month worth of socks, and then another month worth of socks, and then a third month worth of socks. Like, at one point, I'm not I'm not wearing these out every month, you know. Mm-hmm. At one point, I'm gonna I'm gonna have too many socks in my home, so that's when you're gonna that's when you're gonna cancel. Versus versus seed, uh, you know, in the in the in the gut health space. I just I subscribe to them, and every month I'm. It's something you take on for you know you you, you consume every every day for, presumably for the rest of your life. So it does make sense to be subscribed to that. So the the only danger of subscription only business is be careful which category you go into and and think about it long and hard. But that's, you know, that's so obvious. That, that that's so obvious. Maybe maybe one more I guess danger is. 
it's really hard, I think, to flip messaging to be one day a subscription only business and then be like, you know what, we also offer one off or to, to always be one off and then offer subscription or then transitioning to a subscription only business. Uh, you, you don't realize as a brand, but you put out so many feelers into the world on what your brand is about and how people should consume your brand. If all of a sudden you switch up business models every other day, it's so confusing for people and uh, it's not going to be good for your business. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that? Like, uh, you don't have to name them um, if you don't want to, but like, have you seen a brand been able to switch, you know, business models like subscription to one offer reverse successfully? Like, can you think of an example? Because I don't, I don't know if I can. I can think of brands that went from like one off to then as they were growing, grew into subscription models and they had both. But I don't know if I can think of one that flipped. That's gone subscription only. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't think. I can't think of a good example. I'm sure there are many. Of course, you like you said, you see so many businesses who go from one off to then adding subscription. Not yeah. necessarily subscription only, but from one off to or one often subscription to subscription only, there has to be a few examples. I would imagine there's a bunch in like the, I don't know, the the, the pet the pet space, mm. uh, when you get into pet food and who may have had like trials or, you know, selling, selling bags of food and then decide on a one-off basis and then deciding, you know what, it's gonna make much more sense if we streamline everything into a subscription only. So there has to be a few businesses that have done that, um, yeah. Yeah, I'll, we have a fact check at the end of this episode, so I'll definitely see if I can find some and let you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm curious, because, yeah, I think that transitioning, like the messaging, and it's hard to quantify how much messaging really like resonates with your customers, right? Because it really is more emotions-based and feeling-based, right? Like all that branding, and um, if you're a one-off uh brand turning into subscription like if they go back to your website and they don't they don't see what they would want and just want to buy it one time again then there's that there's that friction point um where they're expecting one thing and then they have a different experience so yeah it, it definitely is one of those um i think like bigger questions but i'll i'll, I'll do a deep dive and see if i can if i can find yeah. anything sounds good and so with that um i want to go back like you had mentioned um, some brands coming to you or like, uh, um, like e-commerce, I forget the name you use, but the, the person that you speak with, um, like the brand manager or whatnot, they mm -hmm. come to you and they're like, what are your thoughts on this tech stock? Like, I'm trying to solve this issue. So with that being, you know, so knowledgeable and just like the tech space and what new platforms are out there, what a lot of brands are using. What do you think it's, what do you think it's important for brands to consider when they're looking to like build their tech stack or modify it or streamline it? Um, what would you advise brands to really look out for? I think there's, um, it, it's, it, you have to start with a foundation. There's certain tools that you absolutely need like day one. Uh, for me, I think of like, a, you know, a simple example would be a customer support solution. Mm -hmm. And people are looking at a couple of different solutions. They might be looking at Zendesk, they might be looking at Gorgeous. I, I think Gorgeous is a great tool. So that's typically what I've been recommending. Um, so that, that, those types of decisions you actually have to take day one or very close to day one. Yeah. Then the next, the next kind of, um, 
the next piece of advice is usually take your time. As soon as you really start feeling a pain point, let's say it's about order tracking. Now start looking into that. Let's say it's about um, uh, finding uh, you, you can no longer handle your your fulfillment from your own garage. So, okay, now go speak to Ship Bob or go speak to Airhouse and see if they can help you out. Like, or even like loyalty and referrals, you know, take a look at conjured referrals or, or a tool like that, but don't do it until you have had like enough signals from consumers saying, this is something I'm really hoping to, to do, but I don't have the, the you know, I, I can't currently do it based on what you have on your website. So listen to the consumer signals and take it day by day. There's there's uh you because otherwise you'll be spread too thin and trying to manage all these different parts of your tech stack with no much you know with not much volume or not much usage coming out of all these different tools so take it day by day and uh as cheesy as it sounds like you know your stack you just have to go layer by layer and as you get more and more complex as a business then you can start adding things and hopefully you can even start removing things at the same time because what you don't want is just a million different apps uh, slowing down your website. You want to have a streamlined uh, tech stack. The final point on that is is um, is it has to make sense. Like you you have to you you got to pick the right tools because they have to uh, they have to work with each other. If you're going to invest time and money uh, in, in in finding the right partners to work with, make sure they're not just good at tools individually, but they work well within an ecosystem. And um, yeah, I think Maloma, you know, you guys do that well. I know you have a good partnership with, with Electric, for example, and I know he's done a good job at kind of like simplifying what that right stack should be for a Shopify business with, uh, and you'll be better at, at you know, name dropping the, the people there, but I think Rebuy is involved on that or Clavio is gonna be involved. And that's nice because these, tool can, these tools can work well with each other. Um, so yeah, make sure well, take it day by day, really feel the pain before you start outsourcing it to an app so you can really understand which app to use and how. And then uh, when you pick that app, take into consideration the other apps you've already uh, been using. Yeah, no, I love that point about the ecosystem because I feel like it's very easy to get siloed and be like, okay, this is the pain point, right? Like you said, like wait until you have a pain point and then try to solve it. And so like if your pain point is in customer success, you're obviously going to look for technologies that are specif like specified or um, specifically geared towards solving customer support tickets or like taking that, um, that load off of your team. But I love that you also emphasize like also taking another step back and seeing like, okay, how do these technologies all work together to enhance each other and like work in the ecosystem together because at the end of the day that's what is going to make your job and the customer experience better mm -hmm. and so obviously if you can afford to do that and you're hopefully smart in choosing what technologies you are using then it'll pay off in the dividends when you know like all of these um, technologies or partners are all working together to then make a better experience for you know both internally and externally Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so would you say like there's usually are there any like patterns that you've noticed that have emerged when talking to brands like I 
personally, um, maybe it's because we're in the space of post-purchase mm-hmm. and because, you know, we concentrate about post-purchase like on this, uh, on this podcast, in our webinars, but I feel like a couple of times over we get, you know, post-purchase is a newer aspect. So mm-hmm. it is not as, um, I think proven out or it is mm-hmm. not as, you know, there's kind of that educational factor that still has to be there, right? Like when you look at, um, kind of the things that have been around for a while, you don't really have to do some of that education as to what's important. So I'm mm-hmm. curious if there's like certain points that you feel like are more ambiguous where brands are like looking to get advice from you on like, oh, we're seeing this pop up a couple of times. Like, can you tell us more about that the technologies in that space or um, mm-hmm. anything of the sort? Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're right in like the whole uh, post-purchase journey and even the term CX in general uh, has been has been an area of focus for a lot of operators uh, or an increasing uh, increasingly popular area of focus for operators because uh, the information is basically out there on how to create a good looking brand with a a well-functioning website and setting up your email marketing like that's and and then running paid ads like that playbook is has been written so many times over that 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 people just you know that's that's a starting point yeah it's kind of like assumed that you like have that right that's like table stakes yeah that's truly table stakes so you you stop getting questions around that and then you start you start saying, well, okay, well now I have to compete against all these other businesses who are in the same category as me. How can I outshine them? And that's by taking care of the well. On one part, it's by taking care of the customer, and that's the you know, the whole space of CX. And taking care of the customer, that's when you start really looking at not just customer support, but what does delivery look like? When are the notifications? How are the notifications sent? what's the experience to track my shipment and all that and and why you guys are thriving in that space is because because of those factors um and we'll we'll, we'll continue to see we we're can see we're seeing like continuations of that with the whole world of uh, memberships for example mm-hmm. right so we're no longer just talking about subscription we're now talking about memberships gated communities NFT-powered gated communities, dark stores, um, all of those things. So that's that's basically saying uh, you've the people who are purchasing from you are part of your community, and now you're going to build a little world around them. And it's like CX, which then explodes into something much bigger than that. Um, and then the other area where people ask a lot of questions is... Um, is attribution and analytics. So should you use triple whale? Should it be North Beam? Should it be something else? And that's because, uh, well, you've got some changes on the, uh, with, you know, iOS 14 and and, and uh, tracking in general, but also because people people are getting smarter. It's it's like, it's it, it's table stakes to, to know how to navigate your, your Google Analytics and be able to, to make some good uh, decisions based on that. But if you want to take it a step further, now you have to look into those types of tools. And before they weren't, we, people weren't asking so much about, uh, you know, extra analytic solutions. Now you know, everyone's looking at them. And then once they've looked at them, 
uh, of those two that I mentioned, then they start saying, okay, I, I'm now starting to sell omni-channel. Do I need to use glue or should it be Dacity or should it be something else? And how does that plug into then tracking my, uh, keeping an eye out on uh, my delivery? Well, you guys have analytics, right? Like delivery uh, uh, wait times and all of those things. Yeah. So so analytics becomes bigger and bigger. That, that's the other area. It's like CX on one side and analytics and tracking on the other. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, I would say, I think that's like, I have a similar perception of the space is that seems kind of to be what is like, hot in um, the D2C e-commerce world, like what everyone is kind of tuning into. And I think, I mean, we have a ebook about privacy changes and it's been like our most successful ebook, um, like piece of content. And I really think the like attribution and the analytical side of things is because of all those changes. I mean, it's just like, you know, such a big monumental shift and so, of course, you brands are trying to find ways of how to stand out and like not be, you know, the typical ads that like get skipped over or um, anything like that. And then the the like all whole other branch of um, CX and kind of like that exclusivity factor of like being in the memberships, I think is so interesting because communities are like very, um, I feel like more recent in that like it's like oh you want to be a part of a community and it's becoming more um more common right like to be like oh like i'm in this community i'm connected with these people like there's more of an added importance and i think that's just because of whatever like social media um just living more online right but can you walk through like like the nft memberships and dark stores can you explain that a little bit more just the 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 main the main way people are are thinking about uh, leveraging those tools now is to basically have uh, access to uh, call it like a, a password that unlocks gated either content or uh, goods. Mm -hmm. So uh, the the tools in the space. I mean, you, there's Novel that's a big player in the space. They've done some stuff with. I think it's off limits on the on the serial side of things. But it's like once you once you have once you own that um, that NFT that they that they've put out into the world, then all of a sudden you can access a whole different part of the website. That's the that's dark stores, okay. and then uh, and then around communities. That you I think it can come in different forms. One side could be just a, a regular kind of like Discord only community, uh, the way you would normally have it with just traditional NFTs. So accessing the members of uh, the other customers and the members of a certain brand. So you can think about that uh, like, um, uh, let's say it's like an expensive car, right? It's like a Ferrari. Like Ferrari, you could think that they have, you can have access to a token that uh, shows, that proves your ownership of a Ferrari vehicle. And now you can start talking in this chat with other Ferrari owners. And that's that that could be valuable for a certain brand, and then and then the the, the last component is about uh, content and events and things like that. So it's it's sort of an in between the two, where uh, you can you can subscribe to. Uh, it's almost like being part of a paid Substack, and 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 that can be unlocked by owning uh, the the NFT that the brand has put out into the world. Ah, 
interesting. Okay, thank you. Yeah, because I like membership. I feel like I think about it in the terms of like what you would think about membership. Like in my mind, it's closely tied to subscription, right? Like you get a VIP status, um, and so I imagine, and I'm curious if, to hear if you would agree. Like building a membership is just another kind of way to keep like the customer engaged with your brand to keep them. Um, like coming back, keep adding value to, you know, whatever, whatever the community, whatever the membership looks like. Um, so like yeah. building out that membership. Yeah. It's super interesting. Yeah, totally. And I think that's where for me, I see it as like, we we're still pretty new in the world of e-commerce. Like actually when we'll take a step back, we're still in the early days of the world of e-commerce. Um, and we've used very in the world of Shopify, we've used very simple tools to do things like SMS, things like email, etc. And now we're now that those things are are kind of solved for, we're looking at solving the bigger the bigger challenges. And one brand that I, I think a lot about in the world of uh, when it comes to subscription or, or sorry memberships is Rafa R A P H A. It's a cycling it's a cycling brand, and uh, Rafa has. Uh, they've they've got an online store, but they've they've got retail stores all around the world, and you can buy you can buy their clothes, etc. One thing that they have is called the Rafa Cycling Club, the RCC, and the RCC is like everything, every all the if you go walk into the store, you'll see a rack of like, you know, blue shirts and dark green shirts and white shirts, etc. And then on the right, you're gonna see pink shirts. And this is not exactly right. It's, it's it's a little bit more nuanced than that. But the pink shirts, that's for the RCC members. Oh, interesting. And, and you pay a membership fee to Rafa to become an RCC member, Rafa Cycling Club member. And that membership gets you new swag that's pink. So when you're cycling on the road and you see somebody in the pink swag, you're like, okay, they're serious. They're about their business here. But you also get access to free coffee in all their locations around the world because people typically after a ride stop uh, to a coffee shop. So you can just stop after your ride to get coffee for free at the cycling store. And, and if you're traveling, let's say you live in LA and you're traveling to New York and you're not going to bring your bike with you, you can rent one of their super premium bikes from their store via the membership. So there's all these great benefits that come with having a cycling membership at, at Rafa. And, and I just think about that being like the perfect example of what a beautiful membership should look like. And it's so complex the way that's run. I mean, it's a physical card. It's, you know, they got to keep track of the membership. They got to keep track of the coffee usage. They got to do the separate apparel, all of those things. And they're using structures that are not uh, built uh, or not accessible to the ecosystem of Shopify. And so now we're bit by bit, we're getting there in the world of Shopify. We're unlocking things that we've seen in other brands who are much, much, much bigger and have much more uh, dev firepower and making that more accessible to the masses. Yeah, that's a great example. I mean, like even just hearing about that, I'm not a cyclist, but I'm like, oh, I like that would be fun, right? Like to be part of that community and like, it's that recognition factor of when you're on the road cycling, you're like, oh, yeah. they have a pink shirt. I have a pink shirt. Like you're kind of more connected to them, even if you don't know them at all. Right. Like you can just be like, oh, you're part of that club, too. 
um and like the added perks like having you know the access to the bikes and the coffee and everything Mm -hmm. um i think that's a great example thank you for sharing for the the um membership and so as we've talked about community i want to use uh the last couple minutes here to really talk about your community um you have yellow notes which is your newsletter that goes out so i love if you can kind of like speak to that um just a little bit yeah uh the the community aspect for me is you know super key basically i come into my mindset with what i ever did see is um i don't know everything and there's no way i could know everything and uh, there's so many experts in the world of DTC who specialize in different parts of the equation. So we talked about operations. There's some people who specialize in uh, just the beverage industry as a whole, others who specialize in email marketing, some who specialize in automation, others who specialize, specialize in TikTok ads. Uh, I want 1-800-DTC to be the platform uh, that they feel comfortable sharing insights with the community on. And so I'm still kind of scratching the surface on unlocking that, but I mean, you can even see it in the world of Twitter. People have opinions on, on these very complex things and they have very strong opinions about it. They love, they love the space. Mm-hmm. And I want 1-800-DTC to be extremely open. It's like you're, you're blank canvas. You can tell your story, you can share your insights and um and hopefully bit by bit i can get there over time and and so there's there's things that i again when i see like a a long thread a long debate between should it be north beam or should it be triple whale i i, I love that because mm-hmm. it's it's so valuable there's so many there's no way one blog post that i write on the topic could do all of these nuances that are made in that thread justice mm-hmm. so and, and, and the technologies change over time. So I'm looking for more ways to integrate those types of insights um, into the world of 1-800-DTC. And so uh, one way to express those insights is via the newsletter, uh, but you are, there's also a presence on, um, on Twitter and there's a few other places where uh, I, I try and take what I see into the world and, and give it back to the founders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I think that's... Um... That's a beautiful thing. Like, I love how you kind of painted that of like being a canvas to like share um, and have things like as many opinions as you can, like housed in one spot to be as helpful to as many people as you can be. And so with that, one of the questions, our last question, um, what would you say, like, what are some resources you would recommend to listeners? It can be like exclusively in the um, e-commerce DTC space or just like general advice. Um, we kind of let our, our guests run with it, but what would be, what would be some resources that either you use or would recommend? Um, I'd say one, one awesome resource recently has been, uh, the audit newsletter, mm. O D D I T. And you could also follow them on, on Twitter. Audit is, is a brand first CRO company. It's like a term they've coined. But basically, they uh, when you come to them with your e-commerce website, you can submit it to them, buy an audit from them, and they'll take a look at it and go through the entire experience a few times over with their designers and point out, oh, this this feels a little bit odd, or or this you know this call to action you have it here, but it's not there, and that doesn't quite make sense for the user, and it's all these things that an A/B test on its own 
red button versus blue button wouldn't give you much insight on. It's more like a holistic view of your website and how might you optimize the, the clarity of your messaging and the clarity of the purchase journey for the, the customer. So they do a really good job at that and they, they pass on a lot of the examples from existing businesses they've done audits for via their newsletter and via their uh, Twitter account. So I'd say that's a big follow. And maybe one more on the note of like community insights kind of coming together. One big inspiration for me is uh, Indie Hackers. Mm-hmm. Indie Hackers is uh, it's a platform for bootstrapped entrepreneurs for the most part to share their insights on uh, on what they're building and how they're building it. So like I made 10K, I hit 10K MRR last month building, selling XYZ. And you're just like, how the hell did you do that out of your yeah. bedroom? You know? Yeah. And 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 uh, it's very it's very community focused, and there's a lot of insights that we can take from uh, from those members on on that community. Okay, those are great resources. I haven't heard of either, so I'll have to look into them myself. Um, and I hope our listeners love them as well. But this has been great, Tim. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, uh, being just such a good partner as well. I mean, I know I can always go to you and ask for opinions and such. So I love that we're connected now and that we've been able to connect you with our listeners so they can hear all your wonderful insights. No, appreciate you having me. Keep doing what you're doing. You're crushing it. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for, for, for the podcast. Alrighty, I really hope you all enjoyed that episode. Tim is a great friend and wonderful partner of Malomo's. So here's our fact check. Let's kick it off. The first thing I wanted to say is that the webinar that I mentioned with Clavio Electric Rebuy and Recharge, that webinar link is now in the episode description and there's a recording as this episode is coming out after the fact. Um, I also did want to mention the other links that will be featured are um, the sign-up page for Tim's Yellow Notes and the privacy ebook that I mentioned. In the the only fact that we discussed that need needed some checking was if I could find any businesses that had went from one-off purchases to become subscription or vice versa. It was very tough to find this information. I did a lot of digging and couldn't find much, but I did find an interesting stat that stuck around with me. So I decided I would share that instead. And this is from Zuora and it was written in 2020. It says that revenue among subscription businesses grew roughly five times faster than both the retail sector and the S&P 500 from January 2012 through June 2019. So even though this was written in 2020, definitely interesting stats just to look back. Very cool stuff. We hope you enjoyed this episode. 